Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. San Pietro, and the reason that that theme song stops so abruptly is because in the last 72 hours, the New York Metropolitans have gone from a sham to a mockery, a joke to a punchline, a punchline to a joke. Yes, welcome to the big show, everybody, ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro. Joining me is... The other host, the other guy, the man behind the mask. He's not wearing a mask, folk. He he's just simply Brian Calniva Caliente Calpino. Brian Calvi. Let's welcome him in, Big Bry. Hi, Bry. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Do you know why I stopped the theme song so abruptly? <laughs> I don't. Because it's a good theme song. It's a very nice theme song. It's not a superstar theme song, Brian. No. It's not. Uh, it's 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 an okay theme song. It's like it's like sixty-five to seventy percent of what a good theme song should be. You know, there are other theme songs out there, Cal, that are going to get a lot of money in the open market. Uh, you know, the Yankees theme song, for example. Right. You know, is worth. A lot of money, and uh, you know that 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 theme song has had everything wrong with it, and uh, that theme song's not getting that money. Oh boy! <laughs> Welcome oh, to the show. Ready to unload with uh, oh, Cal Sam Pete uh, on this May the twenty fifth, two thousand and eleven, uh, and we are uh, going to be joined by uh, PJ, our producer behind the glass, pop culture PJ, uh, shortly. We have a really big show. We really want to hear from everybody. Uh, 424-220-1817, the number to call. Obviously, the big story for these guys, these RTU boys, as we refer to ourselves, no one else does, by the way. In the, in the third person. <laughs> no one else does. No. Not. I keep trying to get that to catch on. It's not catching on. No. No. <laughs> We're lucky to be referred to, period. Yes. Uh, is uh, the Mets, and, and obviously Fred Wilpon's comments in the New Yorker, the 11,000-word article, uh, the Sports Illustrated article, uh, all the subsequent fallout 
from said PR campaign? What is going on with the Mets? Will they have to sell? Will the team fold? Are they moving to Winnipeg? Uh, can the Wilpons afford to keep the team? Will they trade Jose Reyes? Uh, will Carlos Beltran decide he doesn't want to play anymore? He doesn't even want to be a part of the organization, Cal. Will David Wright's feelings ever be assuaged? He's not a superstar, Cal. He's a nice guy, though. That's what his owner, his own owner called the team H-I double hockey sticks. Why? S-H-I. <laughs> Thank you. S-H-I double hockey sticks. Why? Cal, uh, how was your week? <laughs> Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? <laughs> Uh, what's been going on? How was uh, how was your week? Everything good? Family's yeah, good? Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good. It's a little later this week. We're usually on Tuesdays. We're on Wednesday We're on tonight. Wednesday. Yes. Um, I had to take the little guy to the doctor last night. How's he doing? He's fine. He's okay. Clean bill of uh, baby health. There. Great. The uh, the ears. We were a little worried about the ear there. Well, you always got to watch the ears with the little ones. Yeah, and everything else. Boy, I'm a nervous guy. I am a nervous guy. They're not going to break. That's the one thing I, you learn. They I don't break. He's very fragile. <laughs> not as much as you think, though. Yes. It must be Italian. Well, uh, <laughs> Cal, let's, let's, let's get right into this because uh, Cal and I have been busting at the seams to talk about this. First, let me get your impressions. I know you don't do impressions, but um, <laughs> although we, we may have PJ do Eddie Mecca. Otherwise known as the Big Ragu later on. He's been, he's been challenged to do that. He's been working on that. But, Cal, really, when this broke and you first read this article, I believe I texted you and said, buckle up. Yeah, you did. I was actually uh, – I was home that day, and I wasn't aware that everything was breaking when it did. And, and you kind of set the stage for me. It sounds like we're about to start talking about this like it's the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> That's how we've been talking about it for right. the last three days. Like, where were you when the? I'll never forget. I was on the subway or the uh, train platform in Bayside uh, when when the news broke that Fred Wilpon had decided to try to do this. Let's let's give a little background here, uh, Cal. Right off the bat, this New Yorker article, eleven thousand word, twenty two page. Jeffrey Tubin is the uh, Jeffrey Tubin who. Many of you will probably know from CNN. He does a lot of work on CNN. Yes. Uh, he is a regular writer, contributor to The New Yorker. He is also apparently a huge Met fan. So Fred Wilpon, in a stroke of PR genius, decides that they are going to answer back to Irving Picard, who is the trustee uh, trying to reclaim the Madoff lost monies, uh, a, a lawyer for Baker Botts, I believe he is. Um, who we can get into later is, is really in no rush to see this thing settled. Um, now, nah, the longer he drags this out, the better it is for him. He's he's, making, he's billing a couple hours there, Cal. Yeah, a little bit. A couple hours. Uh, so, he's not on a retainer, I can tell you that much. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> uh, he's not Ronnie Deutsch in these proceedings. <laughs> he's getting paid. Uh, so Jeff Wilpon de- or uh, Fred Wilpon decides in his intimate... Uh, infinite wisdom that he is going to do a piece for the New Yorker that is going to let people in on his common man rags to riches story and how he was an innocent dupe in the uh, Madoff scandal. Right. An innocent dupe. Yes. Uh, Cal, what happened? 
well, clearly something went horribly wrong. Yes. Because th- that's not what people are talking about today. Now, it, Nobody, he, no, <laughs> nobody's talking about his, his humble beginnings and his, yeah. you know. So basically his, what happens is – I'm sorry, Cal. Basically what happens is he gives this writer, Tubin all kinds of access to him. I believe it was over five separate sessions. And one of those sessions is watching the Mets play a putrid ball game against the equally putrid Houston Astros early in April when the Mets are about to go to 5-13. and 13. They're that was the night they fell to 5-13, and 13, I correct. believe. Uh, they're playing terrible baseball. Uh, and basically, Fred Wilpon sitting in his suite, uh, like Fred from Queens on WFAN, like he had called into a sports show and he was Doris from Rego Park. May she rest in peace. Uh, and decided to rip his team a new one. At best, Cal, this was a bad idea. At worst, this is disastrous. This is this is this is suicide. Yes, essentially business suicide. Tell tell the uh, the good people at home a few of the things he said. We all know the comments by now, but let's just do them again. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> I might have to defer to you. I'm trying to bring them up right now. Well, you know the part. I mean, you know what he said about David Wright. What do we? He said. Hold on, we lost Cal for a second there. Cal, you there? About David Kidd? Yes, you're you're back. You you cut. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. So he said about David Wright. How about now? Am I? You got me? Yes. Okay. Good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where is PJ? Oh, there he is. He just called in at that moment. Wow, how do you like that? How do you like them apples? David Wright, a very good player, nice kid, not a superstar. Not a superstar. Carlos Beltran. Some schmuck gave him, and he was referring to himself, there's been a great deal of debate about that, that he was calling Omar Minaya a schmuck. Uh, He said some schmuck gave him a $120 million contract, contract based on one playoff series. So that was out there, and he's 65 to 70 percent of the player he used to be. Now he he referred to a schmuck giving him that contract. Now everybody has got their own opinions on that because it's, him, it's not clear, it's not clearly defined who he's talking about. I disagree wholeheartedly. I I he was referring to himself. The key to that, Cal, is the fact that he used the uh, he used the the old Hebrew there. <laughs> or the, oh, the uh, Yiddish, yeah. the Yiddish, right? He used the Hebrew. I'll be right. He used the Yiddish there with schmuck. No one is ever going to call Omar Minaya schmuck. Oh, I I beg to differ. I believe many a person has <laughs> called Omar Minaya a schmuck. No, but that's the kind of thing you know an older Jewish guy would call himself. Like ah, this schmuck. Look what I did. He definitely was referring to himself. All I right. think the bigger problem with that comment, Cal is that everybody seems to think that he was saying that he only got 65 to 70% of his return on Carlos Beltran. And that's not what he was saying. He was saying that Carlos Beltran is 65 to 70% of the player he signed seven years ago. Is that what he's saying? Yes. Which is different. Wholly different. And you've seen articles everywhere proving that that he was worth uh, the the money that you know, or, or he's been a hundred percent of the. That's not what he said. What he said was he is now, after the injuries, sixty-five to seventy percent of what he was. 
That's accurate. Okay. Okay. But still, you can't say it. Well, well, well. Let's 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 continue. Okay. There's more. Jose um, Reyes. Jose Reyes thinks he's getting Carl Crawford money. He's not getting it. He's had everything wrong with him. He's not getting it. He's had everything. He's had everything wrong with him. All right, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, this is this is the the piece that gets lost in all of this. I know what you're going to say. Do you know what I'm going to say? Not not not, not the, the pitcher. No, or the or the un, or the unnamed pitcher because he didn't mention Telford right. by name. <laughs> but 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 mention that one too. I got another one after that though. Okay, uh, in in the top of the thing, he's talking or uh, in the article, it talks about how he's talking to Dan Warden and they're talking about a particular. I'm doing the air quotes pitcher. Unnamed pitcher who dawdles quite a bit on the mound. Uh-huh. Uh, Reed licks his hand. Keep it clean. Uh, and he says, uh, Jeff Will, or, uh, Fred Wilpon's comment was, tell, that, tell him to throw the effing ball. Right. Only he didn't say effing. He did not? No, he didn't. And if there is one comment that he made that I wholeheartedly agree with, it's that one. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the comments okay. themselves as we go on because he's not – he's really not all that wrong on a lot of this stuff. Okay. Not that, or maybe that, not that he's not that wrong, but it's it's nothing that a lot of us haven't thought. Absolutely. Right? Okay, so finish up on the comments and then we can get into it. Okay, so the last um, – I'm trying Ike to Davis. find it. Well, what, we, what was the Ike Davis one? Well, Ike Davis to me is the worst thing he said. <laughs> it's a positive one though. Ike Davis, great hitter. S H I double hockey sticks Y team. His own team. So saying well, Ike Davis is a great hitter on a boot team. That's right. So he called his own team, his own product. S H I double hockey sticks Y. T uh rhymes with city. <laughs> rhymes with the field that he built. Rhymes with the field, That's exactly. Uh, so what What other one are you looking for? There's more? I got it. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to read it to you. This is the one that, that nobody even talks about. Then there's the matter of the quality of the Mets teams. At one point, I mentioned to Wilpon the theory that the Mets might be cursed. Oh, yes, of course. He gave a sort of half laugh and said, you mean, and then pantomimed a check swing of the bat. Ugh. <laughs> Obviously referring to Carlos Beltran in 2006. And his called strike three in game seven of the NLCS. Yeah, you're right. That is getting completely glossed over. I mean, you you don't even hear about that. And and to me, if I'm Carlos Beltran, that's the piece that really gets me. That's, oh, I, yeah, I don't care about the 65 to 70%. No. The he made fun of me taking strike three. <laughs> The worst moment of my professional career. The right. biggest letdown of my life. Right. And the owner's making fun of it. And to boot, Cal, it's like an ex everybody knew what he was talking about. Right. That's all he had to do. <laughs> it's like you say snake bitten, and he does the fake, you know, looking at a pitch from the left side. Right. And everybody knows it's Carlos Bell. Every Met fan knows what that is. Wow, that's right. That's the worst. Oh my gosh. That one that one gets me the most. Okay, so the okay, look at look at so now, so those okay, so there we go. There the those it's are out the quotes. There. What are we gonna do? Call a cop. It's out there. That doesn't even get into the um the lead of the article yes. where he says 
guess what? Here are the plans for Ebbets Field. <laughs> right. When he was uh, first when they building the city, field. city Field, he he just brought them the plans for Ebbets Field. Literally, the exact plans yeah. for Ebbets Field. And he does admit in the article that he went too big with the Dodger stuff. He did. Yeah. Great. Did. Thanks. Wow. That's that's. Uh, yeah, that that's great in hindsight. I'm glad that you really. That helps us out now that we have a building that looks like Ebbets Field. Yeah, and a rotunda named after a player that never played for the Mets. It's great. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. So, all right. so where 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 do we go from here? It's out. Well, first of all, I'm going to give the number again because if you want to get in on this Mets stuff, I know a lot of people are dying to four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Give us a call. PJ is ready to take your call. He is ready. He could be in your driveway. PJ's like a psychic friend to talk about the Mets. He could, he's with Todd Bridges. Um, PJ could will, will take you with, with Dion Warwick. He will take your call. Hi, PJ. Uh, should we bring PJ? We haven't talked to PJ. Let's let's bring PJ in. I want to know where he is tonight. Let's take a let's take a breath so I don't have a stroke on the air. Oof, we got a and long way to go here. Steve. Hey, Peach. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Knowing that you'll always count on me. Daddy Mecca. For sure. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Let's let's welcome in pop culture, the big ragu PJ. In good time. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said Dion oh, Warwick, more. and I just I had to go. I had to do right. it. PJ, we we pro- we figure you're probably watching the American Idol finale. Is that right? Negative. Negatory, right? You you won't Negative. watch that uh, sort of claptrap. Um, <laughs> not I have nothing. I, I have nothing against American Idol. They or do, country. but they do very well. I'm just not that interested. Okay. I'm actually, under a desk. What? <laughs> Outside? No, no, no. Downstairs, the big uh, computer console desk. I, I, I'm sure you've seen it. You're under it. Yeah, some things came unplugged. Printers and, and uh, routers not, not doing what they're supposed to. It's very boring. So it's good to know you'll be really focused on the show. Oh, sure. I got the laptop laptop down here with me. So. Steve, the guy changed oil last week during the show. Of course That's he's going to be yeah. focused. And the car That's runs true. like a dream. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened like, today. Uh, please. I witnessed something today. I was at a pizzeria with my son. Um, just having a nice slice of pizza. And the front door is about 30 feet from the counter where the guys are making the pizza. All right. And I'm then all the, tables are between, all the tables are between the front door and, and the counter. Got it. And uh, this lady walks in, and as soon as she walks in, she's not on the phone. As soon as she walks in, she begins talking to the guys at the counter as if they would immediately be giving her their attention. She's got right. like one she's got one foot in the door. And she's saying things like, Well, I'm so hungry, you know, I just figured I had to come for some pizza and I don't even know what you guys are making today, but it smells great on the street and that no one's paying attention to her. No. Crazy. No lady. one has any idea that she's there. And and she's engaging this entire conversation because she thinks that Everyone is clued into her and, okay. and understands and understands what she wants. Right. 
And I think that's sort of an analog to the to this Wilpon guy. Wow. It's nobody not- nobody saw that coming, Peach. <laughs> Will Pond is the lady in the pizzeria. He had no idea that no one understood where he was coming from with the whole uh, this city field is, is really going to be uh, Ebbets Field uh, Phase 2. Right. And it's very important to have shrines to uh, Jackie Robinson there. Right. Yeah, and nobody... He, nobody, pizza, nobody and he, was, he was talking about that in the pizzeria as soon as he walked in, but everybody was in the back of the pizzeria. Right. <laughs> Saying, how about a Met Museum? Right. <laughs> Why don't they call it a pizza parlor anymore? Instead of a pizzeria. Um, That's a good question. <laughs> Clearly. Stop. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by your choice of the word pizzeria. Is it's it? Pizzeria. I think it depends on the music. Oh, ob- if they, obviously. If, obviously. If, yeah. if they play Italian music, if you can hear an accordion now and again, that's a parlor. That's a parlor, of If course. they're playing WPLJ, uh, that's a pizzeria. Or a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> no music. <laughs> no music, no music. That's uh wow. I I'm glad we cleared that up. That's not a bad analogy at all. Don't act like it, that's really crazy. I'm making a very good not. point. It's not I'm being you know why, Peach? Because that woman there's there's a word that's been bandied about quite a bit by the beat reporters when talking about Fred Wilpon and uh more largely the Mets PR staff as a whole and the way the Mets handle PR, and that's tone deaf or tin eared. And and this woman who walked into this pizzeria is completely tone deaf. She has right. no idea what's going on in the place. All she wants to hear is herself. But see, now, to some people, that is a character flaw. But I'm saying that's just an essence of that person's character. This lady isn't a bad lady because she acts that way when she walks into the pizzeria. It's just the way that she's going to act because she's that person. But when you when you run and you own a professional sports team in New York, yeah, being tone deaf to what people want, your own fans, your paying customers, is a character flaw. It's a pretty big one. Unfortunately, I, now I I would I kinda, argue that it's a defining characteristic. Yes, I would not go as far as to call it a flaw. It's just a I wish he wasn't like that, but he is. It's also not. A, it's also not necessarily a flaw in his character. It's a flaw in the way he he operates as a businessman. But is that not part of his character? Oh. I mean, I, I, I no. I'm being serious with Fred Wilpon because we, you know, for 30 years this guy has owned this team, and he's been like Loch Ness. I mean, as far as owners go, in that you know, he, there's a sighting every spring training. Maybe might be. Him. <laughs> But you don't even, you know, you get a picture of him with Sandy Koufax, and that's about it. I never knew his name until this year. Exactly. You, you know, he never comments on the team. He never, you know, and now all of a sudden he wants to go all Steinbrenner because he's being sued for a billion dollars. And you read right in the article, Cal, how he talked about, uh, you know, the Saul Katz, one of the partners, who's the quiet partner in this that I hate. Uh, not that I hate him. I hate, that the fa- I hate the fact that he's somehow a quiet partner in owning the Mets. Who is this guy? And how has he owned my team for 30 years, and I'm only hearing about him now when he's under, you know, investigation and a clawback for a billion dollars? But anyway, Saul, you know, Saul Katz talked about how they would take 
uh, uh, prospective clients down to the field to talk to David Wright. And then, of course, they're going to do business with you after that. Right. You ever played the game, Saul? You know what baseball uh-huh. is? How often do you hear about what? What are the? What's their name? Uh, the Mara family, the New York Giants. How, how often Giants, do we hear yeah. about that? Right, only when they're doing charity work. <laughs> when they're doing something or, good. Yeah. Or exactly. when the stadium was being built. Yeah, right. you did. You did, but you heard about the Mar- The Maras run an organization in the perfect way. They always have. They've run the Giants for years and years and years with class and dignity, and also they don't have a a, a tin ear. You know, the, the Giants are one of the best PR run. Uh, sports franchise, uh, franchises in professional sports, by far and away. They somehow convinced people that it was the Jets' idea to have PSLs. Far it was, away was it a great was, movie, by the way. Which one? <laughs> you said by far and away, and I said far and away is a great movie. <laughs> now I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to Look, keep it friendly for radio. It's right. No, that's it's it's a it's a very fair analogy, though. Uh, and I love that you're out there at pizza parlors or pizzerias, which uh, if you're from Long Island, New Jersey, if you're 75 years old or 25 years old, it probably differs. And also, again, accordions, I think, are the whole key to the thing. Yeah. Uh, if you hear Cella Luna, you're in a pizza parlor. Uh, That's right. <laughs> if you hear uh, Waterfalls by TLC, uh, then you're in a pizzeria. In, in 1994. That's and you've also been in a time machine recently. <laughs> Posters of lefty left eye Lopez. Right. May she rest in peace. Uh, but I, I think your analogy is solid, and I think it drives us into our, our next point. And one of the things we wanted to talk about along the lines of this article and the Mets is how this all was received by the media. Now, they, I mean, you can't get more killed than the Mets are getting right now. Like, you can't. Like, we thought it was, we thought we had had it. It was, the, they were the laughing stock, family guy joke and everything, Cal. You, it, we hadn't seen, we ain't seen nothing yet. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Yeah. Even you know? PJ knows about it. Even. <laughs> That's kind of true. <laughs> PJ, we'll talk to you in a, in a, in a second. Uh, but PJ brings up a great point, and one of the first things that was said is this was a PR campaign to help them. That's just what 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 boggles your mind. And let's 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 talk about that because we've been talking about this off the air for quite some time. And let's let's look at what you just said. It was a PR campaign to help their image. Okay, and what's the one common thread? that we keep seeing with this team, what do they keep doing? They keep making PR mistakes, PR blunders. And who's the guy that has been in charge of PR over there for 30 years? It's Jay you, Horowitz. You know what his name is. Jay Har- everybody, everybody knows what his name is. Here's another thing. Why do you need to know what the PR guy's name is? Why is he so prominent? <laughs> you know his name. You could pick him out of a crowd of 15,000 people. Right, but he does a horrible job, and you can't you, you you can't get around the fact that he does it. He's bad at what he does because a either he's giving bad advice to this organization and he's and he's crafting poor PR strategies, or b 
he's not skilled enough to deal with the fallout from the strategies that they can that they concoct on their own. It's one it's one of the two. There's never any good PR around this team, and the PR director's got to take a hit for that. I'm sorry. It's not even that there's not good PR around the team. There's terrible PR around this team. It's all bad. I mean, there's one thing that Joel Sherman, uh, you know, the writer for the Post, has said uh, since this uh, went down that I agree with, and that is. And unfortunately for Joel, it's the only thing, but that's okay. He's just trying to do his job. Uh, but, you know, him saying and that, that, and he will tell you that, yes. He will find a way to make the article about him. But he he did say, and he's absolutely right, that the PR for that team is always bad. And and here's the evidence I can give you, Cal. We can get into Jay Horowitz. We've been You and I have been talking about Jay Horowitz for a year and a half on this show. Mm-hmm. You know that I texted it to you yesterday, right? Like the, the PR game has not only passed him by; it, it it pants him every time it passes him by every year. Like it comes back just to pull down his pants and laugh at him every year. Right. It's over. We need somebody who knows what Twitter is. But I digress. What Sherman talked about is that there's no there's no good PR for this team ever. Even when they do something good, the PR gets botched. Last year, the trip to Walter Reed. And what is the PR that comes out of that? The three guys who missed it. Right. Not the fact that the, the Mets are doing a charitable thing, but the three guys who missed it. Okay? Cal, let me ask you a question. This has been on my mind since I read this article. And, and, and the reaction started filtering in. If Fred Wilpon in that article says, you know, Jose Reyes, fantastic player. He's going to be worth a big contract. I hope we can give it to him. Carlos Beltran, gosh, you know, he's been riddled with injuries and stuff, but he is an all-time Met. Look at the years he put up. He has worked hard. He's played through injuries. Uh, I have certainly got a return on my investment. I mean, just a gamer. David Wright, you know, if everything goes wrong, fellas, at least I got David Wright. At least I got a superstar. At the end of the day, I got one superstar. Okay? If he what says all those things, yeah. what does he get killed for? He gets killed the, the next day for being Pollyanna and not having realistic expectations of his team and, and praising guys who have never won anything. Yeah, he'll also get killed for, for saying that they'll only have one superstar on the team. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever. You, he will get yeah. killed for something there. Yeah. Right, they are in the class, and and listen, this is this is not you know they're not innocent victims in all of this. No, they, they've they've created the situation where they can't do anything right. They can't. They're in a no-win situation. You know, and here, furthermore, if he says nothing, if he doesn't do the article, they'll kill him for being an absent owner. They already have. They have. So so in a way. You sort of feel a little bad for him because he can't—he can't win. He no. can't win. No, he certainly can't. You know, um, I want to go back to the Jay Horowitz thing for a second. <laughs> I, know, it, I know you would. Well, no, because, only because it ties into a, into a, a bigger theme. And I've had this—I've had this talk with other pretty big Met fans, and and what, what we seem to see is the Wilpons have this this loyalty, and and. You talk about character flaw, character flaws, character traits. 
and, and, and you don't know which one this falls in, but they've got this loyalty to people. And you look at the loyalty they showed to Bernie Madoff. You know, you look at the loyalty they showed to a guy like Charlie Samuels, who's with the team for almost 30 years, Jay Horowitz, uh, all of the, through all the missteps of Omar Minaya, you know, the, that, the thread there is that Fred Wilpon is a very loyal guy. And everything you read in that article, and when you take out the real juicy baseball pieces, you get that sense. He's a real loyal guy, and he's going to stick with you. If, 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 if you're with him, he'll be with you even longer, you know? But at what point does it become sort of like a blind loyalty where it does damage to him as a person, as a businessman, to his money, to his family? You know, look at all, look at all those guys that I mentioned, except for Jay Horowitz, who hasn't done anything criminally wrong. <laughs> Maybe his outfits. But, <laughs> his, um, jackets. his jackets. His, his fashion sense is criminal. But other than that, I mean, look, look, look at the look at the heat that he's taken for being loyal to these guys, like a Charlie Samuels. You know, well, I Charlie mean, Samuels is is a, is a prime example, Cal. We and we've just hit, you know, we've just we've just got the tip of the iceberg with Charlie Samuels. That that all of that hasn't even come out to light yet. <laughs> I know. I mean, this you know? this guy, and and I don't use this word lightly, but this guy has been a you know a, a real sort of scumbag. Uh, around the Mets organization for years now, we're finding out, and has been uh, selling pieces of. Did you see he sold the 911? Uh, oh, that was the worst one. Yeah, he sold a, a signed uh, Mike Piazza. Uh, what was it? A jersey or something? It was. It was a Met jersey that the entire team signed after the first game back. After From 9/11, right? The Mike Piazza home run against the right. Braves. It had the patch on the back, and they all signed it. The whole and, team um, signed it. And rather yeah. than that being in the Mets Hall of Fame or even the Baseball Hall of Fame, Charlie's in his garage. Had it in his garage because he was selling it. All right. So you know, I don't use that word lightly, but this guy somehow sticks with the team for 25 years. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and apparently, when he gets arrested, Cal, everybody knows about it. Right. Right, like it's it's the worst kept secret in baseball that this guy is 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 a terrible person who's skimming money off the top. So whatever this loyalty that you're talking about with Bernie Madoff, let's go right to Bernie Madoff and let's go right to what this article was supposed to do, Bry. Mm-hmm. This article was supposed to exonerate the Wilpons, you know, and put you know they're in a very difficult position, right, Cal? They're in a very difficult right. position because they don't want to look complicit; they want to look like idiots. Yeah, that's that's your way out of this. Looks like an idiot. The reality is, they don't want to look smart. They don't want to look savvy, because then they would have known that they should not have been getting these returns from Bernie Madoff. Okay, so they want to look like dupes. So how do you do that? Well, in this article, they play up the self-made millionaire aspect, and then when your best character witness in the article is Bernie Madoff. <laughs> I mean, that's problematic. Number of great things have been written here. Okay. Number of great things have been written here, Cal. One of them is uh, in uh, – this is how New York Capital uh, – this is how New York Works Capital is a website. But it's written by Howard Megdahl, who is a uh, a big uh, Met guy, right? He writes a lot about the Mets and stuff like sure. that. Definitely seen his name around. Mm-hmm. 
And he wrote an article called – or a blog entry called What the New Yorker Didn't Ask Fred Wilpon. And uh, that's a great read. Uh, it's at uh, www.capitalnewyork.com. And the reason I bring it up, Cal, is because this to me is the issue. The issue to me is not the things he said about the players. And we'd love to hear from you on this, folks. 424-220-1817. Please feel free to interrupt us. Don't feel like we're flowing. Talking about the Mets. We're talking about the New Yorker article. We're talking about uh, uh, Bernie Madoff and and Wilpon, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love to hear from you. Met fan, Yankee fan. I think the Mets are in a rain delay right now. No, they're still playing. Oh, I thought they were in a rain delay. It's raining, but they're playing. It'd be an ideal time to call anyway. this, we're gonna get we're gonna get the uh, a turnover in audience now that American Idol is over too. So this yeah, is good. Yes, and we don't know who won. We're not gonna give that away. No spoilers. No spoilers on this show. Um, but the the reason I point out this article, Cal, is all the stuff that he said about his team aside, which is what this has become all about. Right. There's a bigger issue at stake here, and that is what sort of financial ruin does this man need to be in? this family, this partnership, before they are forced to sell this team. They are in financial ruin. They are talking about taking on a partner, an investment partner, for 49% of the team, Brian, to the tune of $200 million that is already spoken for, for 2011 only. That doesn't even get them to 2012. I mean, you saw what the numbers look like. $25 million back to Major League Baseball. $75 million back off their $379 million debt on the team. And then the other $100 million to pay payroll. Okay, so that $200 million doesn't go as far as it used to. No. When do, do these guys have to sell this team? Well, and, and, and the thing that gets you is, is how defiant he is about this. You know, let's get let's let's get back into this 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 is what the theme of the show is turning into character flaws and traits. Right. Let's get back into another another character flaw slash trait, whatever you want to call it. His defiance and his and how much he's going to fight to keep this team that he loves so much. Well, you want to know something? You love this team so much. You love the fans so much. You can't get out of this. He's not going to be able to fix this. You know, so even if, if if by some miracle he winds up holding on to this team, the team will be a shell of what it was that he once loved. Yep, exactly. He's driving you know? them into bankruptcy. He's killing. He's killing. He's killing this team financially. Th- this entire Madoff thing. If even if he has to pay only 150 million dollars in the clawback, he's killing the team. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Cal, let's take a call on this. Let's go to uh, Andrew. Andrew, Hi. what's up? This is Andrew from Long Beach, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener, uh, long-time Mets fan. Um, I'm calling to talk about what they've been talking about um, over the last week. I've been a Mets fan for about 25 years, and this is really the first year I've decided to go to no games. Um, and it's not because of the on-the-field play. It's this kind of stuff that happens every year. Uh, the only the Mets are the only team I can think of that could have a worse week than Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's true. Andrew, let me ask you a question now. Do you feel like 
and, and what we've been talking about as far as uh, just now, and, and you hit it on a perfectly great theme. One of the reactions has been uh, for people to boycott the Mets. In other words, fans are saying, stay away from City Field, don't spend money on merchandise, don't spend money on games. Uh, do you think that there could be enough of a groundswell that we've, we found out this week that uh, in this SI article, this follow-up article to this brilliant PR campaign, that that the Wilpons uh, are going to lose $70 million on the Mets. They are bleeding, quote-unquote, bleeding money. Do you think there can be enough of a groundswell where if people do the same thing that you're doing, uh, it can actually force them to sell the team? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think they're already doing a good enough job of bankrupting the team. But I certainly think uh, between the economy and uh, the level of disgust of Met fans um, that it could certainly put them over the edge. And, you know, hopefully they'll be putting out feelers. I'm thinking even uh, Charles Wong and maybe do a combo with the Islanders and build, um, you know, like a complex together because he certainly has the money. But I definitely think uh, there's a backlash, and I think the Mets are going to lose a significant amount of money. Andrew, you, you've you've heard the comments, no no doubt, this week. What do you, what do you think of what do you think of the comments? Do they do they matter at this point? The, does what Fred Wilpon say even matter, or is this kind of much ado about nothing? The way that he the, for what he said about these players. Well, I think you guys are right on both sides of it. I think he was going to get killed either way, because I think it's the kind of thing he was right with what he said, but. You just don't say it. Um, you know, a lot of his opinions are, are widely held by Met fans, but you can't have the owner of the team being quoted. And for an owner of a New York sports team not to know that everything's on the record, that shows that, you know, he's tone deaf, as you say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and Drew, one more thing, too. If you're talking about uh, this team going forward. So now, you know, you're you're going to sort of not go to City Field and stuff like that, not spend your heart on money, which is, a, you know, it's your right. And, and I think it's the one thing that Fred Wilpon has long counted on, that if I just have a competitive team out there, people will always go see the Mets. And if that stops, do you, do you think that there will be a full-on fire sale of this team then? Do you think that Wilpon just then says, well, you're not coming anyway, so unload? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there'll be a fire sale of this team, um, what, no matter what the uh, attendance numbers are, but I think that would certainly help it. But I definitely think they're going to try and blow it up. I think the first step was removing Manaya as GM, and I think they're going to look to blow up a lot of the players that he brought in and start fresh. All right, Drew. Well, uh, thanks for checking in, man. We'll definitely catch you down the line. And uh, also... You know, give us a call back in a couple of weeks when a lot of this blows over. Let us know if you decide to uh, grace City Field with your presence. <laughs> Thanks very much. When the Giants are back, I'll come back. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Andrew. Bye-bye. All right, so Andrew checks in and makes a couple of great points, Cal. Will yeah. they, will the, we're, we're talking about the finances of the team. Again, the number to call, 424 we're talking about the finances of the team because this, to me, is the heart of the issue. This is what came out of the New York article. This is what came out of the Sports Illustrated article. And that, Cal, the big, one of the big things you heard was he blew leverage. Wilpon blew any leverage that Alderson might have with these players. Like, now everybody knows 
he wants to trade Jose Reyes. You know, because major league scouts usually pay attention to what the owner says about the players. You know, that's that's what the, that's what the GM from the Giants is looking at. He's really looking at what Fred Wilpon says about Jose Reyes. I mean, it's such nonsense. That is such... I'm sorry, that's a ridiculous angle, Cal. Ridiculous. It's utter nonsense. And yeah. guys are guys are sticking to it like it's uh, certain beat oh, yeah. and certain uh, uh, ESPN columnists are sticking to it like it's uh, the Holy Grail that Alderson has. And, and even, you know, a guy like Buster Only, who's better than that. He's better than that. Buster Only, you're better than that. You're better than saying, oh, now the Giants GM knows that Fred Wilpon's not, you know, not going to pay Jose Reyes. So he's going to give him lesser prospects in a deal. It's a rental. Here's another thing, if I may. Yes, please. He never said, I'm not going to pay Jose Reyes. He never said it. No. You know? He, he said he's not going to get seven years or $142 million. Well, right. Yeah, probably not. I don't think he is. Definitely not you know? getting it from the Mets. I don't think anybody's going to give it to him. I know. I agree. You know. But, you know why let the facts get in the way of a story, Cal? John Heyman had a had a a, a quick burst today, um, where he was talking to some. Did you see this? No. Right. But you just have to say the name. John Heyman. Yeah. He was talking about he he's talked to he's talked to about five or six uh, executives throughout baseball. And the consensus is that Reyes is going to receive somewhere between $46 million and $102 million. <laughs> I got to – give me this a second. Is, to, this is breaking news? I'm, I'm going to have to – I might be off on the numbers a little bit, but it was a ridiculous, like, $70 million range. Right. He's going to get anywhere from one year at $6 million. To seven years at $120 million. This is what my sources tell me. My- hey, John. You know what? My sources tell me the same thing. Oh, wait. I don't have any sources. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The insanity is out of a guy like Buster Only, who is a fantastic baseball reporter. Uh, he's a bit of a Yankee show. We all know where he got to start. But he is an excellent, excellent. His blog is a must-read every day was going ballistic that somehow Sandy Alderson was going to lose... Compromised in this now. ...was compromised in dealing Jose Reyes, if they decide to deal Jose Reyes. It's a rental. He is not under contract. What is this? Is a Major League GM going to be like, you know what? I heard... Shh. I don't know if you read that article. <laughs> but Fred Wilpon said... He's not worth seven years or $142 million. Let's pull back that really good prospect out of this trade. And you know, you know what drives me crazy about it, Cal? Here's what drives me crazy about it. Everything that you read about Sandy Alderson being compromised implies that they have to trade Jose Reyes. Right. I'm sorry. Why do they have to trade Jose Reyes? If they let him go free agency and he signs with another team, is he not a type A free agent? Especially if he's going to get this Carl Crawford money. Do they not? Well, get, do they not get two draft picks for him if he signs with another team? Yeah, he's going to he's going to be a type A free agent, no doubt. So they will get two draft picks. So now the question becomes, and let's let's shine a positive light on this for once. Thank God, 
Thank God Sandy Alderson is in charge of this. <laughs> yeah. But Making the decision whether or not he's going to get a prospect or he's going to go for the draft picks. Yeah. He's, you know, and his talent evaluators. He's got Richardi and he's got uh, Desta. Yeah, exactly. You know? Thank God they're in charge. Not, this is not Omar Minaya and Tony Bernazard. Yeah. No. I, around I, in clown cars. That's a given. With no shirts on. <laughs> With no shirts on. That's correct. Challenging their own players to fights in the minor leagues. Right. Um, so, so, so we have we have that to be thankful for, I think. Right, but Cal, that speaks to the point. They don't have to trade him. No, they, no, they don't. If they get prospect, or if they're getting offers back with prospects that they don't love, then they'll let him go via free agency and take the two first round picks. These are not round sixty seven picks. These are two first round picks. They'll usually be about twenty and a sandwich pick between the first and second round. That would mean that the Mets would have three first round picks next year. Hey, guess maybe, what? Maybe they'll do that. Hey, guess what? Called building a team. Want a little history lesson, Steve? I would love one. And RTUers? <laughs> and pop culture PJ? He's ready. You ready for this? When he the is. Mets When the Mets signed Pedro Martinez from Boston in 2006, 2005. 2005. 2005. You know where I'm going with this? <laughs> Have you heard this? Okay. <laughs> you haven't. In I have. Okay. In two thousand, you were drinking. In two thousand five, the Mets signed Pedro Martinez. Water. I was drinking water. I Please. Didn't. I All right. Water. Um, <laughs> for the third time in two thousand five, when the Mets signed Pedro Martinez from the Boston Red Sox, Boston Red Sox received a sandwich pick. Sandwich. For letting Jose Reyes go to the uh, for letting Pedro Martinez go to the Mets. Right. Who was it? That, that sandwich pick was Clay Buckholtz. Who's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, when the Mets let Mike Hampton go to Colorado. For the, school, the schools. For the school districts. Right. Right, in, in 2001. Yes. The Mets received a sandwich pick. Who was it? That sandwich pick was David Wright. He turned Although out. a bad example. Not a superstar, Cal. <laughs> good kid. But my my point is. You get a guy like Clay Buck. Are you are you even going to sniff a prospect like Clay Buckholtz in a trade for Jose Reyes this year? No, no, you no, not. Three month rental, right? So why so why is it echoing your statement? Why is it a given that they have to trade him? It's not. It just makes for great copy. And a guy like Buster Only, who is a fantastic baseball guy, should know that. Should know that. Should not talk about it. That it's a given that they have to sign him. Especially when everybody's claiming that they need to rebuild, they might as well do it through the draft. Look, here's the thing, okay? And we're going to get to some of the things that were said about David Wright, specifically. Because I think we've refuted the Beltron and Reyes stuff quite quite well. Here, and they have too. And they have as well. Uh, but getting back to uh, the finances... Okay, I don't think Jeff Wilpon, uh, Fred, I keep saying Jeff because I just wanted to be Jeff so badly. It's because I, I you know, Jeffy and, and me, not so much. Uh, but Fred Wilpon didn't give away the store or anything. He said stupid things about his players, stuff he probably shouldn't have said. As we've said here, he would have got killed one way or the other. That doesn't make a difference. My question remains how long does he get? Is it just because of ceiling, Cal? I mean, is that it? Is that the last thing that's keeping him from... I mean, they went in and took the Dodgers away from a court, yeah, well, right? I was going to say, yeah. And is it just Bud Selig? 
Is it just that they're boys? How how much does it ex- how much does the old boy network extend that I can't get a new owner? This is more than the old boy network, though. I mean, they think of each other like brothers. That's how close they are. How much does the old brother network extend that I can't? That, is there a good word for an old brother network? Um, the fraternity, fraternity, fraternity meets uh, brotherhood. I like that. All right. How how far? Does the fraternity, the baseball fraternity, you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Now, Cal, I read something today that drove me absolutely crazy. I've I've been reading a lot of things over the last few days that have been driving me crazy. But this one drove me uh, bonkers. All right? And then, and then we got to get into the, the how this David Wright thing is being treated. And I, and I also have to get into the Bobby Bonilla thing, too. Yes. But the, the David Wright thing, there are certain people that have just decided that uh, basically Fred Wilpon took a leak on David Wright right. in a public square, right. apparently. Now, now look, I think if there's one guy who has a beef with what was said, it's David Wright. I'll be honest with you. I think he's the one guy who has a beef, okay? Mm-hmm. Because for what – and, and the, people have argued this, and I, I – said this right off the bat, and I echo this sentiment. For what he has done for that team, David Wright, for standing in front of his locker during the collapses, for uh, always staying on message, for doing all the charity work that he does, uh, for being the face of the franchise and a clean face at that, a role model, an absolute model citizen for his franchise. All the while playing at an all-star level, playing at a perennial all-star level, okay, he did not deserve that. He did. He deserves a little more respect for the owner, from the owner who he's gone to bat for so many times. And he could have asked out of this circus so many times. Okay? And so if there's one guy who should have a beef and maybe shouldn't return Fred or Jeff's call which supposedly he didn't, uh, it's David Wright. Because, you know what? A little bit. You're a little bit out of line yourself. All right? A little bit. He should have went zero point. on him. You're a little bit out of line. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. Drinks are on the house. But you're a little bit out of line yourself. Uh, that being said, I agree with Fred Wilpon. I agree that David Wright is not a superstar. We've talked about it on this show. He's not the guy to carry a team. We know that, but all of the other things. I disagree with you a little, Cal. He can't carry a team, Steve. He I'll can't. tell you why. He can't carry a team in that stadium. Well, the, uh, well, there you go. You you want to add to the litany of of, of uh, insults to David Wright? How about building a stadium that's the diametric opposite <laughs> of his skills, <laughs> and not saying a word, and he yeah, didn't not, say a word about him. it. He basically came out of the dugout to take BP when it was just being finished. I was like, you guys are kidding about this, right? Uh, I think if they, if you put the Mets in Citizens Bank Ballpark, Cal, and you have David Wright never having stepped foot in City Field and adjusting his swing and trying to... Uh, I, I, think, I, I do think a big part of that park has killed his career in a lot of ways. And well, we're still talking about a very productive player. 
And a, and a young player, too. He's entering. He's okay. just now entering his prime. Right. He's only 27. He's going to be 28 in December. You know? But um, you put him in Citizens Bank ballpark, Cal, he's hitting 300 with 40 home runs. I mean, come let's on. Not, let's, not let's, be quick to put him, let's not be quick to put him in Citizens Bank ballpark. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might wind up there anyway. You know, maybe. Oh, maybe, boy. Oh, boy. You know, they do need a third baseman. Reyes takes over for Rollins. Wright goes right to third base. They move Utley to first. They trade Howard. Anyway, um, yeah. here's something I read today, Cal. That you and and folks, if you uh, want to get in on this, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. We're gonna bring back PJ in a couple of minutes because he has two very big announcements tonight. Cal, did you know that? No. He had. He has. He told me he has two very big announcements. Wow. Okay. But here's uh, that are gonna blow the lid off RTU. So maybe maybe we'll take a minute and relax. Wow. Uh, so I'm reading a I'm reading this uh, debating choose the Mets thing on Mets Police. Did you catch this today? No. Okay. The uh, over at Gotham Nation, Mark Healy wrote an article called "Choose the Mets." Okay, and basically the article is exactly what our caller uh, Andrew said. He's boycotting the Mets. Every ticket you don't buy, every game you don't watch on SNY, every impulse to blame the media for the endless stream of vast non-commentary that rolls off the lips of this ownership group puts this man and his ship of fools closer to having to sell the team. Don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. So basically, stop all <laughs> – cease and desist all Met activity, right? So yeah. uh, the the guy from Mets Police got in a, a bit of a debate about that, a good, healthy debate about, you know what, I want to watch my team. Why should I have to do that? Right. And he wrote, question, do you think things automatically get better with a new ownership group? Answer, honestly, yes. You're going to love this guy. You ready? Mm-hmm. Who's the guy that, before I read you this, who would you want, not Mark Cuban, who would you want to buy the Mets? He was talked about a little bit. Uh, he pulled himself out of the running for a piece of the Mets. But he was definitely bandied about. He's a Long Island guy, self-made billionaire. No guess? Um, a Long Island guy. Uh, Jim McCann? Vitamin water? Mark Rapoli. Oh, Mark Rapoli. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Guy who he founded Vitamin Water and sold right. it for four billion dollars to Coca-Cola. Okay. So this guy uh, responds, Mark. Honestly, yes. I graduated Holy Cross High School with Mike Rapoli in 1986. He's now worth four billion dollars after selling Vitamin Water to Coca-Cola, and he refuses to be a minority owner of the Mets because he's not giving the Wilpons a dime of his money to pay off their debt. He is a huge Mets fan and a billionaire. And in my yearbook on graduation day in June of 1986, he wrote, Heels, let's go Mets, see you in the World Series. This guy has to own the Mets. Now I ask you, Brian, why can't we get this man? Why will Fred Wilpon not sell the team to this man? Well, that's the thing. He's not selling the team. Why? Vicaro wrote the other day. I thought it was a great article. Sell the team. Now is the time. This, you just said it before, Cal. This team that you love so much, 
that you are driving into the ground, into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Why can't we get that guy? Why can't we get that guy to own the Mets? I mean, you, you can't be more selfish than what Fred Wilpon is doing. <clears throat> no. You can't. Is there a Met fan alive? And I would I would love to meet the Met fan. Again, see what I just meet the Met fan? <laughs> I would love to meet that fan that is happy that Fred Wilpon is owning this team and is really rooting for Fred and Jeff and Saul to be vindicated and come out on top here. Hey, look, I... I Show me that guy. I don't know if he exists. I read the... Uh, you know the the, the article and and I, I saw the stuff about Saul Katz and the and the, well let me ask you this Bry all right no let me let me ask you this after reading that New Yorker article do you a think that Fred Wilpon and his group Sterling Equities knew that Bernie Madoff's uh, returns were not legitimate I don't think they knew okay ne- I don't think next they question. go ahead. Because it begs the next question, which is what Irving Picard, who is no great guy in this either, uh, but is claiming is that they either knew or should have known. Should they have known? It's not for me to judge whether they should have known. I don't know what information they had. But this is the legal question that's being asked in this clawback, Cal. I No, you're right. I know. And, and all of the evidence and all the information will be presented should this go to trial? For me, for me to say they should have known. I don't, of course, of course, it seems like in hindsight, how did they not know? You know, of course they should have known. But I can't, I can't sit here and say that yes, they should have known. What I, what I, I truly believe is that they didn't want to know. I think isn't, they, isn't that just as bad? It's, it's not good. <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think they suspected. Right, and I think they just looked the other way. I think once again, loyalty to Bernie Madoff, yeah, and and all of this money that was coming in made them yeah, look that, the other way. That didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. One of the things that's talked about in that Capital New York article is is uh, by uh, Howard Magdal is that he really feels that they're going to have to sell and and literally maybe within thirty to sixty days. Not only like, that, it may actually get that bad. I don't. I don't buy that it's going to get that bad that quick. That, uh, don't you? Don't you feel like this little PR tour is is like a last ditch effort? Um, like I they think, know it's coming down, and now it's a last ditch effort. It's like, oh wait, no, 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 no. You know why? Because and 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 you hear this all the time. If Picard really had the goods on these guys, why hasn't he just come out with all of it now? But I don't think it's even a matter of Picard anymore, Cal. No. But he's dragging it. He, but he's dragging it out. He's well, dragging this out little by little. He's, he's, he stands to make 150 million dollars off it himself. His, uh, his, that's not the, the, the take Picard and the clawback out of this. What we're finding out is that they're going to lose 70 million dollars this year, Brian, and they're going to be like 370 million dollars in debt. Yeah, I know. So if the club was worth a billion dollars, it's now worth 670 or 630 million dollars. And all of that is leverage to the hilt. Right. All bankruptcy. Here it is. Did you you did this before the $200 million cash infusion has already been earmarked? Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. 
25 million to pay off an emergency loan that Major League Baseball extended last November, 75 million to pay down 427 million dollars in debt. 427. There's the number I was looking for. That the Mets are carrying 375 to the banks and another 52 to Major League Baseball. Right, and that has that has and, and that does not, Brian, even take into account what they might have to settle the the Madoff case for. Right, which even if they anywhere... were to settle, they, they could settle tomorrow for 150 million and they'd be screwed. Right. There, right. there, and there's no liquidity in the Mets. See, that's the thing, and and they talked about it in the New Yorker article, Bry. They have no liquidity. They're real estate guys. Right. They have absolutely no liquidity. The only liquidity they had was the Mets, because they could move money around from the Mets. Right. And and this is why they did the Bonilla thing. Yeah. Why instead of paying him five point nine million dollars in a payoff, they put that money into a Madoff account and say we'll give you a million dollars for twenty five years. By the time the 25th year of that rolls around, a million dollars is going to be like 20 bucks. Right. That's part of their thinking. And, I, and again, I'm no economist. Mm-hmm. I'm not even an economist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you the, the details. This is from the Sports Illustrated article. Okay. All right. Beginning on July 1st, 2011, that's, we, we, they still haven't started paying him all of this money yet. The Bonilla money, right. Yeah, that's still six weeks away. Uh, Beginning on July 1st, 2011, they would pay Bonilla uh, roughly $1.2 million a year. Right. All right, it's it's an odd number, but I'm not going to give you the whole thing. $1.2 million per year for 25 years. Sure. Or a total total of $29.8 million, which coincidentally was just about the total amount of his first contract. Right. That they that they signed him to back in, in nineteen ninety one. Right. All right, we're talking about the second go around of Benia, the the one year left on his contract from ninety nine. Right. But okay. and keep in mind they didn't pay all of that initial contract. And they didn't pay all of that initial contract. This was the right. deal to not pay the rest of that initial contract. Well this this is the second contract. This second time, right. That's right. right. The five the five point nine million he was owed for the two thousand season. Right. Okay. So they worked out a deal he's gonna get one point two million for twenty five years total of $29.8 million, and it was based on the return he would have received had he invested the $5.9 million at an interest rate of 8%, which was just below the 8.5% rate at the time. Right. Now, the Benilla money would be invested with Madoff, from whom the Mets expected the usual 10 to 12% return, sure. or, two to, or 2 to 4 percentage points above the rate they guaranteed Benilla. All right? Now, here's the, here's the money shot. We were going to make money. We were going to make money on Bobby Bo's thirty million, says one official who was at the meeting. I remember the chuckling in the room. <laughs> Cal just pulled his weekly sexual chocolate, <laughs> dropping the microphone and leaving. That was I was pounding the desk for emphasis. I remember the chuckling in the room. It was very so, funny. This is very again, funny. This is in an article that Fred Wilpon carefully crafted to try to help his image. Uh, let's bring uh, PJ back in because he's good times. Hi, PJ. Hello. Uh, so what did you want to say? You, you immediately demanded to be brought on when I said I'm no economist. 
Which no, no, knowing, no, no, no. Knowing me for twenty years, put that, no, I wasn't going to put down your 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 economic skills as you as you said. <laughs> no, um, um. So, sometimes people will talk about statistics so much that, and that they that they didn't notice that their team lost the game. And and as a casual observer and one who reads the news. Uh, there are two things. One, it appears that as as it stands, the Mets are all but done. Financially, there's no way out of this. Absolutely. There's no way out of this. That you you can't declare bankruptcy, you know, to um, to help the team if, if if there's a huge debt to Major League Baseball. But you can. You can do what the Texas Rangers had to do, which was declare bankruptcy. And Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Hicks, the owner, declared bankruptcy. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks also declared bring bankruptcy. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks' uh, money will save the team. Wilson uh, declared bankruptcy, uh, and the Rangers were taken over by Major League Baseball until a buyer could bring them out of bankruptcy. Right. So that's what happened. But but uh, go on you're, you're complaining you're but, but and it brings you back to complaining about this guy and and the crazy things he's doing and or not doing um and and um it makes me think of it this way if 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 you have a friend and every time you take the friend um you go out with him like shopping um you can't stand the way he spends money he he spends it stupidly he buys things he doesn't need um you know what do you do? Do, do? do you do you just plan on always berating that friend or making fun of that friend, or 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 the, the better thing to do is just you, you stop taking him shopping. It, right. It's this, what that this, it, it, this presupposes. I go shopping with the guys. It's, it's, <laughs> no, but it's, it's behavioral therapy. You 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 don't you don't put him in that situation. Right. To do the really damaging thing, absolutely. So perhaps what needs to what needs to happen to this uh, this Will Pond guy? Uh, this Will Pond Yeah. <laughs> um, per, perhaps maybe you declare him incompetent. Maybe maybe you get uh, uh, you, you get a, a bunch of players to sort of rise up and say uh, we demand that there's some sort of consulting group that that right. That's that is in front of you. Before before this goes on, because the way you're you're handling it uh, is is incompetent, is is gross negligence. You know what's uh, 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 two things about that piece? That's a Once very because you're not going to change his behavior. It's right, back and, to the girl in the pizzeria. Right, but his behavior in this instance is very out of character for him, as far as ripping his team in like the Steinbrennerian things he's done here. Not what he does. A very out of character for him. You're very about out what of he's character. saying, what he's saying, or what he's doing. What he's saying, what he said in the media, what he said aloud about his own players, calling his team crappy, you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah, literally in, in, in an article and stuff is is completely out of character for him. What is in character for him is what Cal talked about the loyalty issue. And the loyalty that he had to Bernie Madoff is why he's in the situation he's in right now. Sure. And also this idea of like a consortium or, or you know the players getting together on the Mets 
first of all, is not unheard of. Right. It's it's not. There is some precedent for this in professional sports, where the players actually get together and sort of rise up against the owner and say, "You got to do something, but you got to fix this." Right. And it goes goes back to the you know that's the reason the the White Sox threw the World Series in 1919, because of the way they were treated by the owner. There is some sort of precedent for that, and even recent precedent for that. You know, and the idea that like you don't let Wilpon do this anymore is a very interesting one. Yeah, as far like, as like the players taking it upon themselves, or or, or Peach, are they just happy enough to like get their check and make sure it doesn't bounce? <laughs> you know. Well, sure. That yeah, that makes him happy too. Right. Everyone wants to get paid. Yeah, but, it, but it, if it, if someone if someone's behavior. Uh, at the top is so damaging and you can't change the way that person is behaving then you've got to adapt right and the way would, to adapt is to organize what do you think of that Cal that's an interesting notion like could you see you know the, well it brings up what Michael K our good friend Michael K was talking about on the radio today here in New York on 1050 uh, ESPN radio uh, and and Peach, Cal's going to tell us what Michael Kay was saying. Uh, I think you know who Michael Kay is, don't you, Peach? No. Great. Uh, <laughs> you know who Danny Kay is? Do you know who Danny Kay is? Heck yeah. All right, excellent. How about not him? How about Kay from The Godfather? Never ask me about my business, PJ. It was an abortion, Michael. Something that is unholy. <laughs> That's the line you got to come with. You can't come with a less controversial K line. That's the one you got to bring. What other memorable K line is there? Uh, that's about all I got. That's a good point. Thank you very much. Um, Michael K uh, is a Yankee announcer who also happens to do a daytime uh, drive time show here in New York on 1050. And what did what did he say today, Bry? Which part? What did he, What did he postulate? Which part? Well, <laughs> which, which part of the thing that almost made Brian drive off the road and hurt somebody? I was angry. Um, I told you it was the most it was the most infuriating eleven minutes of radio I had ever heard in my life. <laughs> and Brian was around for War of the Worlds. <laughs> so that was just scary, though. That wasn't. Infuriating. That's right. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, the um, vanity. Brian was in New Jersey that day with the blimp. So that's the Hindenburg. That's the Hindenburg. Father, <laughs> <laughs> you're mad. That was the most upsetting 11, 11 minutes of radio you've ever heard. Uh, boy, it doesn't compare. No, what Michael Kay said, and, and, and this was speculation on his part based on his sources, you know? His sources. You know? His sources are, you know, the deli owner down on uh, yeah. 72nd, who's a big... I spoke to people who are well-connected in this business. Yeah. And I trust their opinions. Okay. I trust them. All right. And he said that the Mets had a team meeting last night before the game in Chicago, which everybody knows about. Yeah. Um, and the the theme of the meeting was basically one of, well, if Fred Wilpon is going to say these things about us, then maybe we're not really going to go that extra mile for Fred Wilpon anymore. You know, maybe if we're injured, we take an extra day here or there. Maybe we don't rush back from an injury, you know. It's speculation, but what he's essentially saying is he's ac- he's accusing this team of sabotaging the team, right? By doing that, and and he's accusing them of getting together in a meeting, 
Right. And saying, here's what we'll do. We'll, 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 we'll sabotage the season. Right. That'll show them. And, and we won't play hard. Right. Yeah, that'll be good. And, then we'll give them the silent treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was a professional broadcaster. Right. Saying exactly. this on the air. That the, that the Mets were going to essentially, Cal, I, I don't think I'm taking it too far, but I'm saying essentially throw games. Um, Just not play hard. Just not not play as hard as they normally. Like, what we played hard for this guy, and this is what it got us. Why should we continue to do so? Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You know why they're going to continue to do so, Michael K? Because they're professionals at yeah. what they do. That's what they do. All right, so they're going to go out there and they're going to continue to play, and they're not going to. These comments are not going to affect them. Okay, it's making more of a mess for Wilpon than it is for a guy like Carlos Beltran. Sign right, the sign know, the check. That's all you know what, Carlos Beltran, Carlos Beltran hit a triple tonight. Do you think he would have hit an inside the park home run <laughs> if Fred Wilpon didn't make those comments about him? Yep, no brainer. Would have been an inside the parker. You know. He went. He could have gone ninety feet. He went sixty feet. There's your sixty-five percent. You do the math. Oh my gosh! The worst part. This is the worst part of sports talk radio. I mean, there's a reason that Raceman calls it Valley of the Stupid. I know. You know, to to get on the. I know you're trying to fill time and stuff, but Peach, like this is talking to what you're talking about. Like the idea of, and and I know you're not saying this, Peach, but the idea of forming some sort of consortium. Uh, the, the, of players that goes to the owner, and they they don't have to do it in the press. They right. don't have to do it publicly. They no. can get together. They can get. They shouldn't do it publicly. They can get together and go say, you know what, this is unacceptable. You know, uh, but to say but that, that shouldn't be in response. To, that shouldn't be in response to what he says. Right. Exactly. And that should be in response to what he. Look, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter what Charles Manson says. It matters what Charles Manson does. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and <laughs> let's not compare Fred Wilpon to Charles Manson. No, I never. No, I don't know how we made that leap. But um no. but but the idea that these players are, and and then the other thing guys that has to figure into this, okay? This is the modern athlete. Okay? You think David Wright? Now now that those comments may have hurt David Wright a little bit. Sure. You know, I'm sure David Wright who's hurt right now and had been playing with a broken back for the better part of a month, for uh, Fred Wilpon's team. Uh, the superstar doesn't do that. No. Uh, you know, but I'm sure David Wright is, is hurt at some point. I'm not going to possibly speculate on what he's feeling. But David Wright also gets to the end of the day and says, you know what, I don't own this team. And in two years, I'm out of here. And they pay right. me $13 million a year to go out and bust my butt. And yeah, I love being a Met. I've been a Met my whole career. I would love to be a Met for the rest of my life. Not if that guy owns the team. But I really don't well, care. That's, that's why action care. should be taken uh, by people other than the players also. There are other people also sure. in the organization that are around this Wilpon sure. guy. Uh, <laughs> who, who I love how he's become the this, same thing. this Wilpon guy to you. Like, you, you've gotten very dragnet about talking about him. Like, like I feel like now. I'm on... I feel like I'm on a Law and Order, you know, MLB. Like, <laughs> like alleged Will Pond. <laughs> Do you, David Caruso? Come on, give us a little Caruso, real quick. 
That's not part of the impression. No, I can't do it when I'm laughing. No, no one. I, I love the fact that he cleared his throat. Right. <laughs> like he was preparing. I was, ready. I was ready to go straight into Eddie Mecca. No, I can't do it. Right. You got to you got to give us a little Caruso. What would Caruso say about Jeff Wilpon now? Well, I mean, you like money, we all do. But here's what I think happened. I think you got a little taste. I think you got women. I think you got a little high. I think things got out of control. And now you want to weasel out of it. But not today. Did you hear me? Not today. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did you pull the sunglasses off as you hit the last not today? I pulled my pants off. That's what you did. It was the best I could do. He was he was leaning on a table with his head cocked to the side. That's right. <laughs> if I could cue up a Who's song, I would, but we don't have the right. Here's what I think happened, Fred Wilpon. That's right. I think he got careless. I think he got sloppy. Um, <laughs> David Crusoe, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, but look, all, all all this being said, you know the Michael K stuff, which is just ridiculous. And then, of course, certain other people going on radio stations and defending David Wright as if they were his best friend. Mm-hmm. And they have it from all sorts of sources that Fred Wilpon should apologize. Oh, what was the other thing, Cal? You should apologize to him publicly? No. He shouldn't apologize at all. Be, be a man. Be a man and stand by your comments. Otherwise, it makes you weak. If Wait, you, who said you retract this? Your com- this is Michael K. Right. It, it, make, it makes you weak if you retract your comments, you know? You you put it out there. You can't take it back. Stand by it. But if you're going to apologize, don't do it behind closed doors. That's just, that's what a coward would do. You know, you you made these comments in front of millions of people. You need to apologize in front of millions of people, or it doesn't count. Yes. And then of course he went into a story about how Don Mattingly had embarrassed him some years ago, and. Uh, he was so upset and offended by it, Don Mattingly wound up apologizing. He knew he was wrong. He apologized to him, and he wouldn't accept the apology because it wasn't done in public. Because he said, well, what about the 40 people that you said that in front of? What about that? How dare you, Don Mattingly? I would say that Don Mattingly probably doesn't have as large a personality disorder as this Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny as, as Danny Kay, yes. And, and he can't tap dance. Like Danny Kay. Uh, here's here's <laughs> Ben Vereen. Here's the thing, guys. Danny Kay and Danny Thomas confused. That's fair. Danny, Danny Danny Kay in for Daddy. Danny Kay in like Christmas. Right? Beautiful head of hair, Danny Thomas. Wait, right. Danny Danny Thomas is in Make Room for Daddy, right? right? Yeah. Danny Kay was on the Cosby Show. If you say so. <laughs> He was. He, he was the was. dentist. He was, he was a dentist. dentist. He was the wacky dentist. Right. Oh, that's a great job, Cal. He made, he made, he made Fat Peter smile. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, the, now, now, now I'm smile. remembering, yes. Of course. Uh, I was going to say Danny Kaye is in White Christmas, correct? That's Bing Crosby. Well, with Bing Crosby, not as Bing Crosby. No, that was David Bowie. <laughs> Ba-ra-ba-bum-bum. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most awkward five minutes in the history of television. Ben Crosby and David Bowie. Uh, and remains one of my favorite Christmas carols, oddly. It's, it's, a, it's on a top five for uh, most people our age. Yes. Uh, getting, 
getting back now, Peach, we have a, a couple of minutes left. And, and, you know, Cal, I think we've done a heck of a job with this mess stuff. I feel better. Do you feel, do you feel better? No. Well, here's how, here, before we get to Peach's two big announcements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and please, pants back on, Peach. Um, the there's one thing I want to wrap the Mets stuff up with, Cal, and that's this. This guy, I was talking to K-Mac about this today, and, and uh, Kev was hoping to call in, but he didn't get a chance to. But we'll talk to Kev in the next couple of weeks about the Mets. Um, and, and that is, you know, it's gone beyond embarrassing. It's gone beyond laughing stock. It's gotten to the point where I will, I, I've asked the question, and I will ask it again. What level of financial peril does this ownership group need to put the Mets in before there is realistic talk of a new owner? And 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 when will they be forced to sell? And and Cal, you know what these things, this little press tour and this little genius PR stroke tells junk it. Yeah, it tells me that they're close. This is desperation time. To have uh, Fred Wilpon give an interview like that, Cal, is desperation time. Well, and 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 P.S. He had full approval of that New Yorker article. He knew exactly what was going to be in there. Jeffrey yeah, called, did, did not sandbag him by any means. They had a fact checker call him to confirm his quotes. That's right. And he confirmed them. Okay, so it wasn't like he got sandbagged and didn't know the comments about the players weren't going to be in there. This was done on purpose. Okay, this is a last ditch effort for this guy to keep this team. Right. And it and of course, it backfired miserably. That's the thing like everybody was you know, I was tweeting back and forth with people and stuff about this Cal and on Mets blog and Sarone of course is all over it and 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 Patrick Flood our buddy uh, you know who does uh, an SNY Mets blog. You know, listening back and forth to people and Matthew Callen and, and you know who does a great job uh, and check him out at scratchbomb.com. He's awesome. Uh, and a great writer, going back and forth on, you know, is Wilpon an idiot? Is Was he said was right or wrong? Or that's not even the issue. It's not even the issue what he said was right or wrong. Or let's not accept that what he said was right, by the way. Mm. All this stuff going back and forth, the, the, the end result is this, the, the, neither the owner is right nor the players are right. You know, it's not like you can all of a sudden take the side of players who three weeks ago you were wanting to trade, calling underachievers, and saying they've never won anything, and calling them bums. And every beat writer has written that in the last three months. Every one of them has called for the trade of these players, called them underachievers, said they've never won a thing, and and, and said they are, uh, you know, underachievers and overprivileged. It's been written about a million times. Beltron, how many times has Beltron been called gutless by the writers in this town? That's nitpicking, isn't it? That's, that's nit- <laughs> Shark sandwich. Simply a two-word review. That's not that's real, nitpick. is it? Right. <laughs> you know what that review is, Peach? They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. <laughs> that's, that's nitpicking, isn't it? Yeah. Um... You know, these things have all been written about by these same beat writers who are rushing to defend these players and their honor now. Okay, so it's all nonsense. The bottom line to me, Cal, at the end of the day, this was a last-ditch effort by this ownership 
to try to get the narrative back in their favor. And it failed miserably. So now I want to know, when are you selling the team? Well, besides the fact that they financially are having problems and they're not going to be able to keep the team from a financial standpoint, how much longer will they continue to be a blight on Major League Baseball? How much longer can Bud Selig continue to defend Fred Wilpon for all of his 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 foibles and and you know missteps? Well, that's the real trick, isn't it? And it's going to cost something extra, ten thousand all in advance. I mean, yeah. how much longer can Bud Selig protect them? It's too much. It's it, it it's all just you know it's an avalanche of stuff against them that they're not going to be able to get out from under. Um, you just wonder how much damage they're going to do to this team and this organization before they're finally forced to leave. Right, and that's the that's the on the field stuff that we well, have. That's from, that's from a fan's perspective because that's what we care about because we're going to be here long after the Wilpons are gone. That's right. You know what are we going to be left with? And and also what you know, Adam Rubin said today. You know he had his ESPN chat and somebody said, you know, can you see them being competitive in 2012 or 13? 2014, at the earliest, they're going to live again. Everybody has written off five years right now. Yeah, at five, least five years. Nice. 2014, until yeah. they're competitive again. Right. Okay. We And K-Mac said this today, Cal, and it cannot be more true. They have turned – they're in the biggest market in baseball. And they cannot afford Jose Reyes. That's it to him. That's a microcosm of the entire sadness of the situation. They should the never be in a position or have gotten themselves in a financial position where they can't afford to keep one of their homegrown stars, and they can't. They that's cannot the to... afford to pay him. Can I say what it looks like to me? We would Sorry, love to hear. Like... No, no, please. This is this is from me. I don't I don't read I don't read what you guys read. I don't know no. what players say. You Nobody know, does. I don't I don't know any of that. I barely know anything. <laughs> but as a guy who watches a lot of like financial networks and and that sort of thing, I think what's going to happen is from somewhere, someone's going to start circling wagons against this Wilpon character. There is going to be a hostile takeover. Someone's going to try to remove this, the responsibilities for this team from this man. Interesting. The financials being what they are, I think it's very likely that the Mets, as a franchise, could go dark. <laughs> go dark? For, for as much as a year. What is One this, season without the Mets. <laughs> Possibly two seasons without the Mets. Can't, it can't be done. As this is dealt with in court. It could, it, have to be it could absolutely happen. It could absolutely happen. Why would that happen? They'd have to be contracted. They can't go dark. They can't go dark. They can't just not play. They either they cease, to, cease to exist or they go into bankruptcy and Major League Baseball takes them over and they move. Well, that, that's sort of what I meant. <laughs> I didn't mean like everyone. It's not that everyone gets a phone call and says, don't show up. <laughs> Somebody get on the phone, Shane. We're going dark. <laughs> Who's at the top of the phone chain? Remember those, Cal? The phone chain? Oh, yeah, I know. In Little League for uh, rainouts? 
Yeah, it's like, okay, R.A., you give Dylan G a call. <laughs> Let him know not to show up tomorrow. Right, and then G, you got right, and right, you're not a superstar, so we're going to give you easy responsibility. You take Justin Turner. This was, I, I think it gets much much messier for you people than you realize. That's, that's that's a fair point. You know what though? At this point, PJ, I would welcome a hostile takeover. I really would. A coup d'état with Lyndon B. Johnson waiting in the wings. I would accept that because that's the wow. only way you're going to wrest control of this team from this man and this ownership group. Honestly, it's the only way he's going to give up ownership is if they actually come and take the team away from him. Protracted you know, legal proceedings that's going to probably shut down the team. Wow. You know, Doctor, our old friend Dr. E. Ray sent us a message this morning yeah. referencing the, the fact that Wilpon admits that they're bleeding money. And then his next line was, wow, this must be a real sad reality for you Met fans. Or something along those lines. And and he's right. You know, it's it really is a, a, a sad sad reality for, for especially Steve and I who just live and die with this team. And but who's acting and on it yet? Is anyone acting who, on it? Nobody's acting on it yet. You're right. No, I think and, I, I don't think that I think true. PJ's right. That could happen. I don't think I don't think that's true that no one's acting on it yet though, because I think they're I think the fans are. I mean I think they, they they're show, they're not showing up in droves this year. You know what I mean? They, they really are. I mean, one of the reasons they stand to lose $70 million this year is because the, the attendance is down another 20% from last year. Okay? And that's that's the only way fans can show their – that's the only way, Cal. It's the only way as a fan you can show your disgust with the current ownership group is not show up. You don't show up at the ballpark. It tells them that the status quo is not okay. That's it. I know. You know. But then what, but, you, but then, but what you're doing is, is you're depriving yourself of – of something that you like to do. Yep. Yeah. You know, why, why is it greater why, good? Why is it fair that the fans have to sacrifice in order to get something done? What's Wilpon sacrificing? That's uh, nothing. You're right. Pon character. He doesn't have to because no one's forced the issue to him yet. And, and he's he's also the you know the millionaire in charge. Right. That's right. I, I look, fellas. Uh, before we get to PJs, we got to wrap this up. But Cal, I want to get your final thoughts on uh, one thing, and that is: Do you think these comments about the players blow over in a couple of weeks, and they're pretty much forgotten? And in a couple of weeks, we get down to what is really the brass tacks, which is the financials here. Yes, I agree. I don't. I don't think that Ray is. I, it doesn't seem like it kind of rolled off of him, but I don't think Beltran will ever forget these comments. I don't think David Wright will ever forget these comments. The media will forget them. The media will move on to something else. You yeah, know, just I'm, bring them up, Cal. So uh, this will be like Tony Bernard's over the shirt off. I mean, yeah, they'll so probably they'll probably go back to it from time to time. But but you can guarantee within the next three weeks something something stupid will happen again, <laughs> and that and that'll be the next thing that they move on to. Right. Um. So from from a long term perspective, I don't think the comments are really going to hurt the team that much. I think what what hurts the team is it just furthers the distraction that they have to deal with. Right. Rather rather than the actual comments. And lastly, you know, Beltran to me who cares? He's been a great Met. I think he's an all-time Met. I agree. I really do. I think in 5 years we'll appreciate what a great ball player he was for this team. 
Um, I think you and I do now. I think the general Met fan who thinks he's lazy uh, will appreciate it in five years that they had a center fielder, a center fielder, playing gold glove center field, hitting 40 home runs in Shea Stadium uh, with 100 run scores and 125 RBIs playing gold glove center field. I tell you what, though, Steve, I think these comments might serve to turn some of yes. those that were against Beltran back in his favor as exactly. he leaves. Totally agree. But he's leaving. We knew he's leaving. He's leaving, but he may he may now, you know, whereas before he would have left and you would have gotten of a you know, good riddance, you never did anything here. Yep. Now he's kind of leaving and like the villain has kind of turned into the hero at the end. He may get a sympathetic character nod, right. Yeah. Yep. No, I totally I, Wilpon may have done him the biggest favor ever as far as his Met legacy goes. Yeah. Uh, but it, it really matters the most to me about Reyes. I don't think Wright is going anywhere. Um, although we, you know, we've talked about the idea of signing Reyes, trading Wright, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think David Wright gets over this pretty quick. I, uh, I don't think he's going to forget it, though. No, no, no. It'll be back pocket. But I don't think. I think David Wright, if he stays with the club, which I think he will, I think David Wright outlasts. Well, I'm hoping David Wright outlasts Fred Wilpon with the Mets. I disagree with that. But for the immediacy of Jose Reyes, this is the real bugaboo. The fact that they don't have money to sign Jose Reyes, and this is where it, it none of this blows over to me. Because he was already going to be ridiculous trade fodder come July when the deadline was approaching, and now... I'm not talking about any sort of leverage. We, we've already dispelled that. That's nonsense. I'm just talking about media. Let's talk about the media. It's going to be every day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be every day. And, well, you know, I just, I'm happy that the steady hand at the till er, oh, geez. <laughs> of Sandy Alderson, the steady tiller hand, tiller hand McGee, uh, <laughs> tiller McTiller hand is uh, Sandy Alderson is there because, honestly, even if it was a favor to Bud Selig, uh, well, I'm glad he did the solid. I'm glad Sandy Alderson did Bud Selig a solid. I mean, the only way this is a bigger nightmare is if Omar Minaya is charged with, with selling these players off. That would be awesome. That would be a game show. That would be – that was if – that's if the Mets are a game show. He wouldn't let's, even get a reality back. show. A reality show. Let's bring yeah. Omar Minaya back. This is the wrinkle that they're throwing to the end of the reality show. They're bringing Omar Minaya back to trade off these players. And this is like the the secret challenge. Uh, P- PJ, before we wrap up, you had a big announcement. Bombshell. Marilyn Monroe's here. <laughs> Sorry, and it's and it's 1952. Yeah, no, this is you know this is just uh, a peek into the life of PJ. Um. <laughs> I gave up sugar. You're what? off sugar? That's huge. Come on. Wow. Like, just like cold turkey? Just like that? Yeah, well, tapering wasn't working. Wow. I went cold turkey. And let me tell you, I was El Bastardo. <laughs> so you've gone Bob Sacamano, huh? It's, uh, yeah, I am. That was Kramer there to help you get off sugar? No, I did it alone. <laughs> well, I don't have a really good clip to play, so I'll just play this. It's a trap. 
That has nothing to do with it. Not sure what Admiral Akbar has to do with you giving up sugar. That's all right. He's delightful. What? What? It's, wow. So that's so that's going well. PJ has decided that PJ needs to lose weight. All right. So it's been said right here on the show. PJ wants yeah. to go slim shady. Good luck, well, we'll PJ. Say. Easy. <laughs> I don't know about slim. <laughs> Slim's, Slim's a big about, word. Yeah. How about how about you know insurable? How about that? <laughs> PJ, PJ wants to get down to you know health insurance. <laughs> Wait. Well, let's. How many days are you off sugar? What are we at? This is day three. This is the end of let's, day three. Let's go to the tote board. The, hey, look, the the uh, Jerry Lewis telethon's coming up this weekend. Let's make this like the telethon. Hi, <laughs> Lady. <laughs> That's Labor Day and it's not Memorial Day, but fine. It's Labor Day? Yeah, it's Labor, Labor Day, it's September. It's not it's a heavy hand at the till? No, it's okay. Jeez. <laughs> well, who does a telethon over Memorial Day? We could start one. Danny K. Danny K. <laughs> Danny K. <laughs> well, okay, so you're at day three. Today is May 25th. So can we check back in with you weekly for the, sh- the sugar uh, watch? Absolutely. Sugar watch. You know, I, look, I'll do I'll do weekly weigh-ins if you want. Let's go to Brian Calvey with Sugar Watch. <laughs> I'm standing by right outside of Ralph's Ices. <laughs> well, that's awesome, Boy, that Pete. Sound, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> Just tell me what they're doing at Ralph's. Come on. <laughs> wow, this is turning into sugar porn. Um <laughs> It's a monkey on my back. Well, good luck, pal, and thanks for uh, producing tonight. And we'll, we'll uh, excellent insights. You know the the layman uh, insights, the that's, the sports layperson insights. Thanks, Peach. Uh, that's what I do. I lay. Wait, I got one more bombshell. If you got, if you got one more minute. Oh, you haven't. Uh, well, yeah, he had two. Remember? It's a trap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Ackbar wants it is. I love that clip. So do I. This this may this may astound, depress, and frighten you. Uh, all at once. Because you know PJ. Uh oh. Okay. Okay. And that is, I have stopped buying guitars. <laughs> this is bigger than sugar. Thank you. I thought it would be. This is actually going to be more difficult to keep up than staying off sugar. Yeah, it is. I think sugar is a piece of cake at this point. PJ has so many guitars, he had to build a loft for them to store them. Cal, if you don't know, at Dumpling Sound Studios 1, see, I do the show from Dumpling Sound Studios 2. Right. At the mothership, Cal, Pop Culture PJ has a cadre of guitars, a squadron, a, how do you say, uh, a plethora of balloons. Yeah. He has got too uh, many for one man. Ne- yes, absolutely. Right. One man who only plays guitar about once a week now. <laughs> Stop it! Play every day. He's got a cheap trick guitar sort of collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rick Nielsen borrows guitars from me. Yes. That's, that's right. <laughs> Don't look at it. Don't point at it. Don't even. That's enough of this one. Wow. PJ has guitars that have never even been played. Don't even look at them. Uh, wow, so you're off. You're off guitars. Well, yeah, I uh, 
I uh, I got the ultimate. You got the? Is Kramer helping you get off guitars as well? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You got the? Well, what did you? What, what did you get? I found the one. I found the one. I found the one. The you know the the sound. There is there is no sound better than this guitar sound. And now that I have it, I've actually shed two guitars already. They're gone. Wow. And uh, so it's the one guitar to unite all the guitars? Yes. Did a, did a hobbit give it to you? Uh, no, no. I've, I've been searching far and wide for this. Uh, every once in a while I will walk into a guitar store and I'll, I'll play about 30 or 40 guitars and I'll just play two or three strings because I'm, li- I'm listening for that specific thing, that wow. je ne sais quoi. And I finally found it and I... It took me about 17 seconds. I took that guitar home, and I'm done. That's it. I'm done. That's how fast it happens, huh? Yeah. Well, Calvi and I have decided we have a demand. Then, if you have if you have found the one guitar, we're going to need to hear it next week on the show, and we're going to we're going to need you here. We're going to need to hear you play a. A new uh, theme, not not a theme song. We already know that you've written the theme song for Ready to Unload with Count Sam Peter. Uh You wrote that song, Ready to Unload. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need a uh, a fun load uh, song, <whistles> and you can perform it live or you can record it. Up to you, but it has to be with the one guitar to unite all the guitars. Wow. Anything you want to add to that, Cal? Sure, and we should oh, also got, have a call-in call contest to name it. Yeah, the guitar needs a name, and I would like I would like a call-in. You want a call-in contest to name the guitar? To name the guitar, yeah. What kind Could of guitar is it? Can we even say? Yeah, it's it's acoustic. <laughs> it's a six-string electric cutaway, and that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all we're going to say. All right, color. It's a natural spruce top with uh, ovuncle mahogany sides and back. So is Cal. And all my life I thought I the ultimate guitar was going to have rosewood. We all and did. It turn, and, and it turns out, no rosewood. According to the scriptures. That's no <laughs> one was more stunned than me. Well, we want to hear that next week, okay, pal? I think I can do that for you. All right. I'll just remind you, though. You may think that this is the one guitar, but it's a trap. So just be careful. Okay, we'll talk to you next week, Pete. Thanks. Pete, did, did you give your other guitars to Oprah to give away? No. <laughs> that would have no, been I a gave nice it to thing Brian to do. Steven. <laughs> Oprah gets okay. nothing. Oprah gets nothing. Oh, she's. I think she's doing okay. Maybe she could buy the mess. Well, she's done as of today. She's now got nothing to do. Right. She's got a gazillion dollars. Why couldn't maybe she? That, well, maybe that's where the hospital takeover comes If the Mets go bankrupt from. and are forced to move to Chicago, she might put a, put a stake into the Mets, but she's never you put fellas, into a, a You fellas want to laugh? I would take her as owner right now over Fred, or over Fred Wilpon in a heartbeat. I would, too. I would take her as owner. You would, too, right? I would. All right. We got to go, Peach. Later, babies. Later, babies. Bye. Pop Culture PJ.
producing and stuff. Cal, before we go, I promised myself that I would play this because this is how I felt when I read the New Yorker article. So I have to play it. I know we're running really over time here. That's okay. I hated her so much. It it the it flame flames flames on the side of my face. Breathing breath heaving breath heaving. That is how I feel about Fred Wilpon. I think we need new clips. We need to freshen it up a little. We bit. Do. <laughs> we can we can keep those though, right? We can keep them. All right. Because I like those. We're just going to add to the inventory a little. Well, you know, I've been doing all the clip work here. Fair enough. I don't operate in a clip vacuum. Big Challenge guy. accepted. <laughs> Cal. Cal, final unload? My final unload is that the last time Major League Baseball was forced to take over a team, it was the Montreal Expos in the late 1990s. They appointed this man as general manager, Omar Minaya. Be careful what you wish for. And my final unload is uh, a, a plea to Micropoli, former owner of Vitamin Water, Gazillionaire. Please come rescue my team. Please. Please just go in and say to Fred, here's a billion. I need this team. We need you, Ripoli. We need you. And he's Italian, Cal. Can't go wrong with that. Will you be around next week to do another show? Because I would love that. Of course I will. Fantastic. Where am I going? <laughs> Everybody have a well. We're going to the game on Monday night, so we'll see. We are, yeah. So so much for for that. Put <laughs> our <laughs> shot. We're going. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe, Cal. Be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Good night, Brian. Good night. Hello.